We'd like to thank Whole Dermatology for being our sponsor for this episode of Sheepdog Nation. I'm very excited about today's guest for several reasons, as you'll hear about as we have a conversation today. But Sherry Briley is with us, and Sherry is a gold star spouse of a very special sheepdog, a army soldier, warrior, pilot, and really what uh, you know. Some of you may recognize the name of Donovan Briley, nicknamed Bull. Uh, for his stubbornness, right, Sherry? And uh, Donovan was, if you're familiar with the movie and the story of Mogadishu, Somalia, Donovan was in the Black Hawk that ultimately defines the movie Black Hawk Down. He was one of the pilots in the first Black Hawk that was shot down that ultimately leads to um, such a powerful story. Mm-hmm in the warriors that sacrificed during that battle. And as we were discussing a few minutes ago, Sherry, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, I mean, it truly is an honor. Um, I mean, there's so many things going through my head. I have to be honest with you when it comes to the conversation we're going to have today. Because the thing that is far too often forgotten and, and taken for granted is the families that sacrifice so much for our men and women. And I think about my own, um, and it gets emotional. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, because when I think about my loved ones who were always back home, you know, taking care of things here, you know, the the mother of my children, my children, my parents, um, people that were at home, worrying about us every day when so many times for us and this is this is kind of funny to say but for us it was an adventure you know when you put that uniform on and you have the opportunity to deploy you know this is what you're serving for and and why you do it um the adventure of a deployment you know we we never want to talk about you know the death that may come from you know us serving we know it's a possibility, but it's it's not what you want to think about because you can't do your job if that's what you get hung up on. But our families do, you know, the loved ones back home. You know, it's it's more real for y'all than it is us because um, you don't understand what's going on, and that that lack of knowing leads to worry, right? And so, I uh, as I was sharing with you a few minutes ago, um, for a lot of us. And those pre-deployment times, there were certain movies we would watch that would kind of get us and help get us in the mindset, right? And Black Hawk Down became, I think, a generational movie for a lot of men and women preparing to go to combat because it it quickly shows you how the best laid plans um, going into a you know a mission, as soon as that first shot is fired, uh, or in you know, your case, that first RPG round goes out and hits that Black Hawk, um, everything changes. You know, the storyline behind your plan can go in so many different directions. And for you, uh, it was the beginning of lo- losing your husband. And so 
again, as I sit here and, and am excited about this conversation with you, there is, there's a, a lot of emotions that are, are rising up in me. One, whether, because you represent to me so many of the, the spouses of, of men that I lost and, and a lot of them that I lost after we came home, which is a big reason why we as an organization right. exist, right? Is, is fighting, uh, fighting suicide and, or just poor life choices. So if you will, you were share a little bit about, you said you went to the recent 30 year, um, uh, memorial memories. I, I hate to call it a celebration, but just, uh, a remembrance time for a lot of the men that were there and but more importantly to remember men like your husband uh and i'm gonna call him bull is that okay that's fine you know obviously first name donovan but i, I love that that nickname of bull because right. that defines so many of us right just hard-headed stubborn men and women that do what we do so mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that uh that experience recently well um october 3rd and 4 uh, 1993 uh, was the uh, uh, the day the battle? It was an eighteen hour battle, um, and unfortunately, uh, eighteen. And then there was another one the next day that was actually um, shot just right there in the hangar. Um, you know, back then, thirty years ago, uh, Donovan actually was in. Um, Panama. So that was my real experience as far as being, um, you know, thinking we lived on a dead end road and there we could see any cars coming in and out and just all night long staying up watching CNN and, you know, thinking what in the world? Um, and is that car going to come down my road? And thankfully Donovan came home and he, when he did come home, he just said, you know, that, that wasn't anything. There will be probably in the next five years something uh, real world, um, uh, worldwide, something going on. And uh, those words rang true. Um, but we, uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky is where the 160th Night Stalker, uh, 1st and 2nd Battalion are there. Um, it started out as a, as a group and there was just the first and second battalion, and then it grew to a regiment. So special operations aviation regiment. Um, this year was the 30th anniversary and, um, a lot of, of, the, battle of Mogadishu. Uh, of the battle of Mogadishu. Yes. And the veterans of Somalia were there, um, to include Mike Durant, um, who was held hostage for 11 days, um, there were, uh, a lot of, um, I mean, on we, Donovan and Cliff Walcott were super six, one, and then there were super six, eight, super six, four, super six, four, um, uh, Stan Wood. And he, um, uh, he was there. He just a great guy, but, uh, uh, we were able to, I think it 30 years, it ended up, it was almost like a release for those guys. I, I know it's very painful for them to see us because it does, you know, they think about, um, it does. And it, it, um, they miss 
and they hurt just as bad as the families do because they lost a friend, a brother, and we feel like we failed those families. I think is the hard part. And I don't want to speak too much for them, but I I can imagine right that those we feel like <clears throat> we we let you down when we don't bring them back. Right. right? So right. Well, and there too. I mean, uh, Dan Gelata, all of them. Um, there were so many names that I could name off, but um, still very close to all of them. Uh, they were not going to leave. They were going. They were determined. I mean, once Super Six One didn't went down, that that's what they were focused on. And yeah. then it ended up that. Um, Super Six Eight went out, and that's a domino was, effect, unfortunately. Right, um, and Mike Durant and Ray Frank were the pilots of, of the that helicopter, and um, unfortunately, they got hit. And um, you know, the one sixtieth supports, as they call them, their customers, mm. um, and it was not until probably at the twentieth anniversary. I did not realize that were there were six on board Super Six One, with two pilots, two crew chiefs, and then two customers. Ah, so okay. Delta, Delta guys were on there. They were still there. They were when the because I know some were they had started to fast rope down, so there were still two of the guys that were on there when that helicopter mm-hmm. went down. Right, and Daniel Bush was one of them, um, and unfortunately, I mean, once that went down. And he had it. They were all trying to get to him. The the uh, little bird guys um, came in and um, uh, you know uh, I'm probably getting off subject here. But no, no, I mean no. they came in it. and they it was quick. But Daniel unfortunately um, protected front and back, but a shot went through, and that's what got him. Um, so. Uh, the uh, at the at the reunion, I say reunion, the thirtieth anniversary memoriam. Uh, I learned a lot. I mean, over the years, I've learned so many different things. Just as I said, I didn't realize. You got to hear a lot more. At this I did. Years. I did, and I, you know, a, a lot of them still were in the service, so they didn't really talk about it. They continued on, went to different units, and. It was uh, the day before 3 October. They were like, you know, we need to kind of, because something had happened in September to another um, unit that was there. Um, and I don't remember what unit that was, but um, they lost, uh, I think there were three or, f- or maybe two to four soldiers were killed in September. Okay. So, um, mm-hmm. um, and, um, the day before they were like, you know, we need to really kind of do like a little, you know, crash landing, uh, practice and all that. Mm-hmm. And of all things, they chose super six one to do the practice right. for, they weren't prepared for, um, just how much, uh, you know, uh, the Somalis were supplied with and then, um, but I mean, everything was as planned. Uh, but the first thing that really happened on three October when they first took off was that Blackburn, you know, missed when he went down, he 
didn't grab the rope as far as right. uh, rappelling down. So that kind of started off that. And then um, the other thing is they received the tip that they were going for um, uh, several uh, targets. targets. Yes. And um, it was during the day. They knew exactly where they were. They had intel. They don't fly during the day. No. They're night stalkers. They fly right. at night. And Cover of darkness, right? No. Right. Broad daylight. Right. And so that's, it was just, uh, they, uh, everything went as planned, but just the circle around the city and it, it just, it got Donovan and Cliff and, um, um, I, I, I don't, I, I think as far as how it landed, I mean, there's so many things that I, that the streets were very narrow. Oh, yeah. And so Blackhawks, there's no way, but it, when it landed on top of the building, it just kind of crushed mm. and it landed on Cliff's side. And, um, uh, not knowing all this, I was in San Antonio, Texas with my family, Donovan's family, my Donovan's second to the oldest brother was stationed at Fort Sam Houston. And wow. so we were there with the family and, um, watching the news and, you know, calling back home and, uh, the commander's wife, I'm like, is anything going on? No, 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 no. Well, it ended up that Donovan's name was the last name on the broader report. So in that Mogadishu mile, um, he um, was the very last because they got kind of just around the city. They couldn't get to where they were going. It kept everything was blocked. And um, the 160th is really was we kind of uh, I mean, we're a family. Mm -hmm. uh, aviation is a very small uh, knit, very close knit group. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but my father was a helicopter pilot in the Marine Corps. I did Corps. not know that. Cobras and Hueys. Oh, okay. And so that, as you, as you talk about that, that close knit family, uh -huh. um, as you can imagine, the Marine Corps aviation side is even smaller, wow. a lot smaller than the Army's aviation uh -huh. side, but special operations side. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that tight knit, that group. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and, and, um, that's what Donovan took us uh, in flight school, that Hueys were still there. Uh -huh. So, well, they had uh, uh, TH-55s at first, that's and then right. he went to Hueys. But that's just because of his the unit that sent him there. Yeah, transition from Hueys to Blackhawks. Yes, and now flight school is altogether different. But um, anyway, our uh, we had a, the wives... Um, we had talked about because their missions were very short, two weeks, maybe one week home a month. And, you know, a lot of things happen with fam, you know, the, you know, uh, if there's, we never wanted to like let our husbands know, you know, we're ha not having, a, we're not doing well or whatever. The wives decided to do these little cards and contact, you know, what, you know, uh, just in case, you know, uh, our family needed somebody was sick and we could take their kids to school or just, just kind of just so leaning on one, one yeah. another. Yes. For A support. True community support wise. Right. Though. Right. Mm -hmm. And very fortunate to have a unit like that and, um, or to be in a unit like that. Um, 
I was on somebody's card and mm. through that after we while we were in San Antonio, we came back and um still no news, no news because it wasn't out yet. It still was going so, on. So how far how long was that then from the day you believe Donovan was killed to when because you you say you were in San Antonio the day the mission happened. Mm-hmm. And so you, how many, how much time elapsed by the time you got back and you started to hear? We, um, my daughter and I flew to San Antonio, or to, yes, to San Antonio on one October and mm-hmm. the morning of the third, which was a Sunday, yeah. um, is when all the stuff was on the news. So they were, I don't know how far ahead of us, mm-hmm. but it just little blips of stuff right. coming on the you news. You knew something was happening in yes. Somalia, but. Right. You didn't have any idea that Donovan right. was involved in it. Right. Mm. Right. And plus, you know, with the with it being like a high uh, classified oh, yeah, unit, yeah. you know, where's your husband? Oh, he's at Bragg. He's at Bragg. Oh, the, oh well, there's a great question. So you, did you know you didn't even know he was in Somalia or you did know he was in Somalia? I did not know. So you did not know he was in Somalia because no. you, you mentioned that that rotation. You know, we're so used to. You know, big deployment, you know, you're gone for multiple mm-hmm. months. So based on this operation, they were flown to Somalia for this operation. They weren't there conducting operations mm-hmm. already. They oh, were already. That was a piece I didn't appreciate. Right. They were uh, at, they were at Bragg for real. Oh, and yeah. as far as you knew, home. he was at Fort Bragg still. Mm-hmm. They wow. were coming home. That's powerful. And then they, um, something happened and they, he called and said, I won't be home. We've got we got called out. You had no idea what that meant Mm-mm. at the time. Mm-mm. Wow. No, yeah. and plus, just you know, I mean, that's just what it was. That's yeah. the type of unit it's that it was, it. and You're I knew. Going. I knew. I, mean, I didn't I, know if they'd been assigned to the area, because um, even now, sometimes we certain units we may deploy forward for a little while to just be there as a quick reaction force. Um, but I didn't think about that going back to Somalia, and. I share this with you from the standpoint of it was high on my radar. I had, I was still new in the Marine Corps, but I'd been to Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Floyd came home and now I was in college when, uh, and Bull and I enlisted about the same time, him, Army, me, Marine Corps. And uh, I've got to share this while I'm thinking about it because I didn't appreciate the fact that he's from Central Arkansas. And as an Arkansas boy myself, just taking pride in that. Now, are you from Arkansas as well? Both we met at Arkansas. ULR. You met at ULR. Yes. Okay. So I'm from Cross at Hamburg. Okay. Down the southeast. Okay. But um, so I was at school at Monticello, University of Arkansas mm-hmm. at Monticello. Mm-hmm. I was at that time in the Marine Corps Reserves. And after the way Desert Shield, Desert Storm happened, you know, just calling up everybody and deploying, you know, we when Somalia really started to blow up and then Mogadishu happened, um, all of us were like, okay, what does this mean? Are, are they going to start calling up more people? Are we going to expand this to a, a bigger war? What was the question? So for a lot of young men and women like myself who were still in uniform, um, it, it was the question we were glued to the TV as we started to hear pieces of this mm-hmm. coming out. But again, uh, I just, I sit here and again from that, being used to the bigger deployments, you're you're leaving, you're going to be gone for a long time. You not even knowing that he had left the country. Obviously, special operations team, that's always possible. 
But you, when you start hearing news about Somalia, in your head, you're thinking, well, he's at Fort Bragg. This doesn't have anything to do with him. Uh, well, maybe in your head, I, I you, say that, you understood I, that maybe, mm-hmm. even though you, you're thinking, well, he's in Fort Bragg, there's still a, but maybe yeah. this was what he was called out for. Were you used to that type of life yes. at that point? Okay. Yes. Yes. That's good to know. Um, okay. Yeah, we had already almost been, we were almost married for 10 years when that Yeah, and like you happened. said, so yeah, with Panama and stuff. Yeah. And um, uh, the, when you had said uh, there had been um, uh, actual, uh, I guess, publicly known Units were there in Somalia oh, yes. in 92. Because we were watching when the Marines rolled up on the beaches. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing for me as a Marine. I'm sitting going, wow, I wish I was there. And then you're going, well, I wonder how much bigger this gets. And then Mogadishu happens. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, I mean, is this going to turn into something bigger? But to mm-hmm. your point, yeah, the mil- U.S. military had been there for a long time. Right, right. And I guess that's where I wrongly assumed that Donovan and his unit had been there for a little while. Because in the movie, you don't grasp. Right. They don't talk about how these these men just got there just right. for this mission. Right. It looks like they've been bivouacked there for a while, mm-hmm. and it's just another day, right? But right. Uh, that's a really important distinction. I wish the movie had done a better job of explaining the transition that took place there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and a lot of people didn't really know that, but... Um, it just turned uh, with, it started out, you know, as a humanitarian effort, peacekeeping, and um, they thought they really kind of had it, but then it uh, escalated around uh, September of 93. And I'm sorry, it was August because 26 August was the last time my daughter and I Saw Donovan. That's when okay. he actually left, and he didn't go to um, Somalia at first. They were actually doing um, uh, training, uh, some, some other like operations, right? But, with uh, their customers that they okay. uh, normally provide support for. I love how y'all call them customers. <laughs> that always gets me. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, so I, it, I, I hate to say this, we're going to take a pause real okay. quick. And then I'm excited to continue this conversation. But uh, just for everyone out there, I mean, this this is powerful. And uh, I do hope everyone appreciates the the service and sacrifice of our family members. Um, Yeah, there just cannot be enough said. And Sherry, thank you for being here with us. And we'll be right back to continue some of this conversation. matter how long you know that you're getting out for even if you come in and you do four years and that's your plan the whole time I'm gonna do four and I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna go do this it's still hard to leave those people who understand you they have totally changed my life transformed me and who I used to be and who I am now the best way for us to work through our problems is to work through our problems together.
got off the couch, got out of that dark place. I got put on an adventure. I wanted to make veterans feel the way that I felt on that adventure. And Sheepdog was able to bring us out here and be able to honor him and his family. Because we, as Sheepdogs, have a very different mentality and habits and the way that we speak. And we don't necessarily click with everyone. And so when Sheepdog is there and they're like, hey, come have fun with us. They're helping you without you necessarily saying, help me. So these kinds of events, people not only get to feel refreshed when they get to go out, but imagine if that was your life. We're, we're, we're set here when our potential is way up here. It was like a, like a reset, a recalibration. I mean, this is really for anyone who needs uh, a family and it needs uh, a, a reason to just get off the couch. And this is honestly the best thing that's happened to me since the Marine Corps and I couldn't be more grateful. Hey everyone, we are back uh, with Sherry Briley, and uh, I mean, yeah, we we've talked a lot off off camera, and we're we we had to stop and think, hey, let's get back on camera so we can have some of these conversations. But um, one that I I want to share with you, and for our audience is, uh, you stayed at our ranch, Heroes Ranch. I did, yes. And uh, as you know, all of our facilities out there are named for our nation's heroes, mm -hmm. right? And we're in the process of naming all of the bedrooms at the ranch after our nation's heroes, different heroes. And I want you to know that we're naming one of those bedrooms after Donovan. Ah. So uh, I know you've enjoyed being there. You stayed there last night mm -hmm. and we're going to have you come back, but now you'll be able to come back and stay in his room. Ah, okay. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, um, you know, for me as a founder, I get to pick a lot of these people. And the fact that, you know, obviously Donovan is, is an Arkansas boy uh, means a lot to me. But just that his story and he's going to represent all of those men and the units that were, were part of that day. And, you know, through Donovan, we will tell their stories as well. Right. And so um, but I just want you to know we're honored to, to name one of the rooms there for him. But, That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, of course. And but one of those things that you were sharing a minute ago is um, going back for the 30th anniversary uh, and doing the Mogadishu Mile there, they had placards that honor a lot of the men, not just on that day, but for those units in general, that they continue to add as they lose these men and women. And I was I was thinking about that at the ranch. Um because I've always worried about once we've named all the buildings and named all the rooms, uh, we want to keep honoring, you know, men and women who have served our great nation. And so tell me a little bit about those plaques and, you know, what the process was as part of that anniversary day. Okay. So uh, first of all, the, the trail, they call it the, the remembrance trail, remembrance, trail. Or rem remembrance walk 
it started out with the uh, um, the guys and women now that are in the unit uh, just having a place to take to go run mm. at lunchtime or you know when they had some time they would just run through these trails through the through the woods it's just on the other side of the compound gate um, uh, and thankfully Fort Campbell um, dedicated that that piece of property to so that trail ultimately became a remembrance trail it did and it started out with just little dog tags on trees and you kind of had it was a very rough terrain um you could get a a, um i call them mules but they're side by side you could get Mm. side by sides through there but now um over the years um a lot of sponsorship through and um this is in Clarksville. Well, actually, it's on the Kentucky side, but um, the um, uh, Lowe's and several um, corporate uh, donors have come in to help make have this come space. in, um, and now they have um, really beautiful uh, um, post wow. with plaques, and then it says their names, and it lists you know, what they've done and their families. And, um, so, and it's also for each, um, uh, conflict or whether it was, and it started, you know, the unit is now 40 years old. Um, so urgent fury and, um, urgent fury, uh, a lot of 83 Grenada. Yeah. Grenada. Okay. Yes. It goes back and yes. forth. Grenada, some of the names yes. on that trail. Right. Wow. Right. And so now each, and if there were just one person, there's one plaque. If there were five, there's five plaques. Okay. Um, and it's together? basically for the tail uh, number. So Donovan was 324. Uh, got it. Um, the aircraft. Okay. Um, and they have, um, and so that starts 1983. Mm to and then you just go through the trail and each little section um they um families come out you can put little rocks you can put any kind of a lot of families have donated benches but it just it just keeps going um uh and it's year by year then there's a little bridge that has all the dog tags that were on those trees is now on this bridge and it just is um there's a uh a plaque with the names uh, with the dog tags, but then you still continue going through. So super six one, there's Donovan and Cliff. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, uh, I'm sorry, there is um, yes, Donovan and Cliff because they're yeah, from their survived, their uh, passengers survived. Um, then you go to super six. Mm-hmm. Um, eight i believe was mike and ray's aircraft um there's five of the posts so it's um ray frank i'm sorry three because um mike survived so it's ray frank uh tommy field Mm -hmm. and bill cleveland and they all have their their names while bill you know uh ray was iron man but they're so beautiful and now they're getting ready to put the wreaths in front of them and then 
for, they have a Wanza week of the night. So is that for Christmas? They're putting Christmas, Christmas wreaths Christmas, they decorate yeah. for, um, they put mums out for us. Well, this was special for October, but they had a special um, celebration for us, you know, during October. But those gurney or those leaders for the 30th uh, anniversary, those, uh, they carried 19 all the way through the trail. It started So they were out. using litters to carry, litters, you, know, yes. you know, for uh, carrying people through that trail and to that kind of in, reenact some of that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And uh, now I hate to ask this just while I'm thinking about it. Where is Donovan buried? He's buried in Edgewood Cemetery in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. He is buried in North Little Rock. Uh -huh. Y'all brought him home. Okay. Yes, we did. Yes. Nice. Yes. And you know, I think about that nowadays. I didn't realize that, um, you know, a spouse or a family parent, if they're, you know, there's not any children or, or a wife or anything, they could, I could have gone to Dover and I could have come back, come back with Donovan. Him. Yeah. Um, that, and I, I do. I think we were we were going to touch on that a little bit and it's such a broad conversation so many different emotions and you know side elements to the, the story but take us back if you will to that the day that you you found out and you were because there was still an amount of time there where you're you were headed home from san antonio how much time elapsed from the time their helicopter went down to you finally found out uh well okay so they're saying um the mission started at 1542 on 3 October. I still surprised daylight. Yeah, it still yes. kills me, but yes. yes. Um, so it, it not knowing what the uh, time difference or how they were ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So my daughter Jordan and I flew in from San Antonio on Sunday afternoon. We got Sunday night, actually. Still no word. And you know, here in 1993 again, we had bag phones. So I'm calling as soon as yeah, I get was, in my there car. There was no internet. You know, yeah. people don't don't process. Yeah. You couldn't just pick up your phone or do FaceTime or send right. a text, right? Right. So, and and the other good thing too, I I, I won't forget about that. But since we kind of knew they're they're gone, they're somewhere. And Mister and Miss Mister Briley was always the mm. one. I know where he is. I know where he is. I know where he is. I couldn't say yay or nay, but um, anyway, so when they would come in to get supplies or anything like that, we could do care packages. Mm -hmm. And so we would pack up, um, you know, and plus they would bring us letters. I mean, that's how we were able to. Well, I remember those days, right? Yeah. yeah. So when we would have our letter and, um, I mean, we're going, and at the time the comp that compound wasn't there. We were, um, uh, it's called Clarksville Base, and that's where all the old World War II uh, bunkers are. So that oh. was actually the headquarters for the 160th. And we're driving way out in the dark. It's midnight because we know that there's going to be a pickup. Mm. And they were also dropping off to us. And um, that was that was kind of a fun thing. You know, we would get together and, you know, think about, well, I know what he likes, sardines. Ugh. Mm. Kipper snacks, no, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff and, you know, um, cookies, but you couldn't really make a lot of stuff because however long, and plus it just dries out by the time they get there. And, 
but the letters were the most important thing. Absolutely. And um, so uh, I said I wasn't going to forget what I was saying, but um, about traveling home and traveling the time home. There. Yes. So we, my daughter and I, you know, uh, we, Nashville. We landed and then we get in the car and drive home. And it's about ten o'clock when I get home, and still no word. I put in my bag phone as we're driving. I'm like, "Have you heard anything? What's going on? Haven't heard a thing." And this is rear detachment is here, and and it's just because there was so much and nothing was yeah. coming through yet. It's morning there now. Mm-hmm. You know, that night, the, the hours are coming over. Long. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, you're getting home, and you know, depending on that time, they're beginning that. That Mogadishu mile, they're starting to run out of there. Right, yeah. right. And um, so uh, I get my daughter, we get in bed, and I'm preparing for, because like I said, I was a preschool teacher at the time, and um, and she had started kindergarten, so she was going to, uh, uh, she didn't go to school on post. She went to um, a school in Hopkinsville, which wasn't very far. Uh, my neighbor we our children went to school together so they did the carpool and I would uh, go the opposite direction to Clarksville and about 1 30 or so I mean still CNN is on so I'm watching and stuff is not really for sure but the first call I get is from rear detachment and they're saying uh, Mrs. Briley we have spoken to Mrs. Rodriguez and Mrs. Wood and OPSEC was the thing. So those are the only two people that I could talk to. Um, we just, you know, stand by. Um, we will call you, call you back. So I'm thinking, okay. And Mrs. Rodriguez, her husband, Herb, was the company commander at the mm-hmm. time. And um, she's like, you know, it's, we, there's something happening. And one of the things she said, Donovan's okay. Don, he's okay. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, I get in, I get two more calls. And by that time, um, and, and, uh, a wife called, uh, Lori, who was married to Mike Durant calls and says, what is going on? Nobody's caught, you know, and, you know, I'm. I said I'm watching the news. I don't. I. I don't know anything. I don't know as anything. much as you do, right? But so. I really couldn't say because mm-hmm. it's just that obsec and Donovan drilled oh, yeah, into they, me. You do not talk about you anything. Know, you go to the PX and you write a check. Where's your husband work? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to contact the public affairs office. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of stuff that was. That's how it was. Well. um, Probably the fourth call, um, Mrs. Wood and I, Wendy Wood, um, and I decided, okay, so we know the the last call that we just got, meet at the bunker, we're going for support. And then we're like, oh gosh, who are we going to go for? Who are we going for? These cards that I had mentioned earlier, we all had each other's names on them. I don't know who had my name. I don't know. I know who had, I know who I had on my card. But, you know, please come to the bunker. That's what they said. Come to the bunker for um, family support. So I'm thinking, I haven't heard from several 
So is this late in the day now? Same this day. This is five o'clock in the morning. Oh, so this is the four, next the four thirty. This was Monday morning, four thirty-four okay. October. Yeah. So I'm calling my neighbor and I'm telling her something's happened. I don't know what it is, but I need to bring Jordan to your house because she was. That's who would take mm-hmm. the kids to school. And she said, "Yeah, bring her. Come on, bring her on over." And um. Then uh, I also had to call my boss and say, I'm so sorry, 4.30 in the morning, I'm waking her up. I won't be in today. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but I won't be in. And so, of course, uh, Wendy gets to my house and we get in my car and we're headed to and they called them the Shafats. That was the gas station on post. Okay. Um, uh, we get a paper, and um, there are. Um, I I have my phone, but she plugs in her phone, and as we are heading to the bunkers, um, we get caught by PT because it's really early in the morning. So we got to do all these little. You know, zigzag around trying to get to PT's physical therapy for yeah. You know, physical training for the I said physical therapy, physical training for soldiers on base at this time right. in the morning, early right. morning. Yeah. The 0500 hours, yeah. and here they are. Yeah, people running around in the road and blocking mm-hmm. what directions you can go. Yeah, so we're yeah. trying to get our you know uh, maneuver our way through uh, to finally end up at Clarksville Base and. By that, before we even got there, like I said, Wendy plugged in her phone to my car and it was Lori Durant. And Lori had said, they've come to my door. Mike is missing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, so then we really are thinking, who are we going for? Um, um, you know, we're... I mean, we're also very, very close. I mean, our children were close. Yeah. We were your family. Uh huh. I mean, they were all who we're. We have each other when, mm-hmm. and we. I mean, the the type of uh, the dangerous stuff. You know, of course, we all thought our we know we knew You're our husbands the worst. were right, but we also we thought they were invincible. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a very. Yeah, it's a powerful point to make because you do, right? Yeah. Especially because you're, you're a young spouse at this time. Uh-huh. I mean, you're young. When we're young, we think we're going to live forever and we're invincible. And your husbands were. They're the best of the best. Right. Right. right? So, right. yeah, nothing's going to happen to them. Right. Right. And uh, so uh, we get to the bunker and the one person that I'm thinking of, Lorraine, um, she's there. I'm like, oh. There's Lorraine, so I know it's not her. And in the meantime, yeah, so in the meantime, I am um, walking up, and the door, the rear detachment, um, Vince Reap, who was the rear detachment commander at at that time, um, I introduced myself. I'm Sherry Briley, and um, the next thing I hear all the way down the hallway is, Sherry Briley's here. Sherry Briley's here. Sherry Briley's here. All the people that were in the parking lot and all my people that I had on my card, they were there for me. 
because I wasn't at home. My neighbor who had Jordan with her saw that car come to my house and they were like, we can't, we don't know where she is. She's gone, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, they pull me in and, uh, that's when I know that that's how, that's how, that's when they tell me and there's a chaplain and another officer there. And I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I just can't be real. I, I mean, they, the people that were there describe, you know, I, I, I'm, I really, they were so upset because that's the way I was notified. But I will tell you my reaction and just, you know, uh, I was like, you're, how can, how do, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, and just, they just said it was very, very, um, I'm, I'm usually a very quiet person and I was quite loud and I, and for my daughter to, I'm, I'm, that was a blessing because I would never want her to have seen that and how that would have affected her. She was five years old. So, um, anyway, they're all, that's, that is where I was notified. I walked through the bunker and, uh, now that they've notified me, I've got to call his family. His family is still in San Antonio. His parents are still in San Antonio, Texas. They don't fly. They drive. It's a 10 hour drive. From, they were coming back to Arkansas. Right. They still lived in Little Rock area. Well, they were in North Little Rock. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I love how you make that distinction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, for those of you not from central Arkansas, Little Rock, Little Rock, we were talking earlier about how, you know, especially parents, you don't go into Little Rock or you don't go into North Little Rock or whatever that is, yeah. the, the river, but they, uh, Sherry, I, and, and for the audience, I mean, it's, this is so powerful from the standpoint that I've had so many conversations with warriors and their stories, right? And as I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, and you, you've watched, you watch movies or you read books, and you hear about what's happening with the family sometimes back home, what they're going through. Um, Black Hawk Down, you never see this. You know, it's all about the mission and what's mm -hmm. happening to them there. As I'm sitting here with you, and I'm imagining that story and the events that are going on and now i'm also filling in these gaps of what the families are going through and that's what's so important about this conversation today and i, I just love having you here is people get to hear the family side which to me is i don't want to say more important but just as important um of understanding what it is that these families go through and I mean, there, there's so many things I want to say that are hard to say, right? When it comes to appreciating the heavy that comes with the families, right? Because I, when I say this, Donovan's gone. Donovan doesn't have those worries anymore, you know? And you now, as his spouse and the mother that you are, and the daughter-in-law 
You have to carry that weight now. You're alone in many ways. And I think that's where people, they don't understand that part, right? Um, because I, I can remember preparing for deployments. And multiple times it was always going through, especially when I had children and I'm married and I'm now having to think about a family because there would have been other times I deployed, I didn't have a family. It was just my parents or maybe a girl I was dating. Um, but then I get to a point where I have a family. My worry was always making sure that if something happened to me, they were set up. So before mm -hmm. I left, there was always a checklist, right? Wheels, whatever. But I went through the process of making sure they had a nice home and a cul-de-sac. And I was thinking of all these things that to reduce the weight on my family if I don't come home. I, as I matured and got older, I started thinking about those things. Because to your point, when I was younger, ah, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. But as I got older and I, as I became a you know an older Marine, more mature Marine, I did. I started thinking about the weight that would be on their shoulders if something happened to me. And so as I listen to you, this is that emotional side. Um, for me, is is understanding as I hear your your story, I think about how that could have been, you know, my wife's story, right? And how blessed I am that it's not, but at the same time, agonizing for you and others like you that had to carry that weight, right? And um, it's so real. And it, it's it's the piece that uh, I guess I've been trying to stress. This is the piece that still too often we forget about. And it's so important that we not. Because when we talk about, we say don't forget. Don't forget the men and women who have died for us, who have sacrificed for us. For me, that don't forget has to mean don't forget about the families of those men and women. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about what those families go through at every level, the not knowing, and then sometimes the knowing when it's a bad, a bad story, right? So, I, um, yeah, there's there's times, you know, people say, well, you know, you're never speechless, Lance, but these are those times when I do, I, I find myself just um, sitting here caught up in the emotions. And the, even 30 years later, right, I can tell for you, as you told that portion, and thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, but I can, I can see that the emotions come back, right, mm -hmm. that, that, that day. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for just, for everything. Um, I mean, that's, those two words, They are. They're never enough. They are never enough for the men and women that serve. But more importantly, they're never enough for the families. And so, uh, thank you so much. Well, I. I say thank you for always um, wanting to remember both our loved ones and the families because 
your organization. I can't tell you when we were here for, we got to do just a little bit of the outdoor venture. That, you know, when you talk about being vulnerable, uh, that was a really, that was definitely something that I needed. And, you know, I mean, that was last, we did it, well, it was the spring, maybe, I think. It was still kind of cool, but I... Yeah, was, uh, I guess it was this past spring. Uh -huh. For the audience that may not know, we, we held a, a Gold Star family retreat at uh, Heroes Ranch, and uh, y'all's was actually our very first Gold Star mm -hmm. family retreat. We we do a lot with spouses, and uh, but we've been wanting, and obviously through Andrea, you know, connecting us, and uh we we are so excited to do more mm -hmm. I mean, we recently had a spouse's oh i i, I want to say um a couple's retreat where spouses were able to come and do an outdoor adventure oh, fun. and but it was it's so powerful because when the spouse is able to come and see the power behind some of the things that we do through our outdoor adventure programs and the, the post-traumatic growth language right, that we right. use um when you have a buy-in as a team, as a couple, it, it makes such a difference, right? So that's for, you know, men and women that can come together and feel that. But for you and for our Gold Star families, you know, the spouses and the children, the more we can do, the better. And we, we're going to keep fighting for that mm -hmm. because I heard so many things. Mike, you know, Mike Miller was there with y'all, our COO. And, uh, he could not quit telling stories about y'all for several weeks, right? It and, was wonderful. And he would laugh, and uh -huh. it meant so much to him and the staff that were there to support y'all. But uh, we want to do more of that. Yeah. Well, it means a lot to me to hear you say that that was an important it, time for y'all to come together. You know, the group of us that were there, uh, I mean, it was the first time really for us to kind of tell our, uh, just our, you know, with our hurts, our, well, mm -hmm. anything that, We've kind of just kept to ourselves because not not a lot of people understand. And, no, you can't unless you've been through it, right? And and so uh, the just hearing the facilitators, Mike and Scott and Chris, mm -hmm. tell their stories, and then here we are. I mean, it was just a ball fest. <laughs> but I'm glad was I wasn't so, there because I couldn't uh, handle it. it. But it was so 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 good. And even for Andrea, military spouse, yeah. and the things that she has been exposed to as be, as far as initially being a survivor outreach coordinator yeah. for SOS and uh, a survivor outreach services coordinator. And there's a lot of things that I was not aware that she endured. And so um, it's, as you say, heavy, heavy, heavy. The pain of having to tell a loved one. For me, still to this day, is um, being part of that is the hardest elements of anything I've ever, ever had to endure in my life. Mm. It is. Uh, um, I, I don't want to say that I'd rather lose a loved one than have to tell someone else. It's it's that burden though of being the bearer of bad news, right? Yeah, right. That just uh, it it is. It's. Um, because you do, you you carry that burden of being the person that has to notify someone, and I don't envy that. You know, anyone that has to do that job, it, it, it is a, it, it's hard, it's challenging. Right. But uh, it's only 
only second to the families that have to receive that news. But to your point, it uh, was traumatic for everybody involved, right? Yes. Yes. And we, uh, yeah, anytime that loss happens, it, it, is, it is very difficult. Well, I, um, Sherry, I mean, I, we could sit here and talk for hours. I, I love you so much and love, love your story and love just again your, your sacrifice and, and the service that you as families, you represent everything that is so amazing about our military families and our first responder families that endure the same thing, you know. Um, we forget sometimes, you know, I've, I've talked about it a hundred times in this organization now, how, you know, our men and women in the military, they go out on a mission a few times a year. Some For some, it's a few times in an entire career. Our first responders, it's every day, right? right? Our, our law enforcement, every day they walk out of the house and leave their families. It's a, it's a combat mission. Um, and I hope some people will remember that as they listen to this, that you know, our fire and rescue men and women, you know, same thing. Every time that call comes and they got to turn the sirens on and leave, they don't know if they're going to save a cat in a tree or little children burning in a building, right? And so uh, for all of our nation's sheepdogs, we can't say thank you enough. But for our families, um, there's a special thank you involved in all of that. And so thank you for thank being you. here with us today. Thank you. And uh, you are part of our sheepdog family. I hope you all will always know that. And thank you. Heroes Ranch, I hope you will look at as a home away from home anytime you want to come up. Yes, I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Well, um, Sheepdog Nation, um, I hope you will enjoy uh, today's podcast and uh, the realness of it when it comes to just the sacrifice. I apologize for you know a little bit of the emotions I, I showed today. I don't I don't know how you can't when you hear a story like this and uh, you understand some of the pain that, that goes into uh, what the families have to endure. But as always, we, we thank you for listening. We thank you for the opportunity to uh, share more about what it is that uh, our sheepdogs and their families experience. We, uh, we hope you've learned something from today's podcast. And as always, uh, we love you and appreciate your support. Uh, and may God bless all of you. I'm out.